number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Welcome to the Stuart Knight Show, where interesting, intriguing, and exciting people engage in unscripted exchanges of ideas, stories, and perspectives. It's not an interview. It's a powerful conversation. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Stuart Knight Show, where we go deeper into the lives of really interesting people. We have powerful conversations and a show that is really meant to help you, the listener, design the life that you want to create for yourself, one that feels right for you. And I am really excited about the guest I have on today. Her name is Laura Beauparlon, very Francais. And uh, she is the founder of an amazing organization called Lab Creative. Uh, She is a speaker. She's an author, she's an entrepreneur, she's a designer, and she's also a mom of two. She's a wife, she's a Torontonian, she's many different titles. And what's really exciting is she is the author of a new book that's coming out called Brand Chemistry. So, Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks, Stuart. That was an awesome intro. How's that, huh? I should intro you everywhere you go. I wish I could live up to the Francais in my name. I'm... (laughs) <laughs> I'm still I'm still working on that. But you know what? We'll just just say we oui and non and bonjour and uh, people will believe that we're actually Canadian. Exactly. <laughs> so listen, you know what? I know that um, I want to dive right in this into this with you because uh, for the listeners who are uh, listening right now, I want you to know that I met Laura. Um, in uh, a situation where I was out in Edmonton and Laura was there as well. We were both speakers at a really great event that was happening out there. And Laura, being um, the outgoing person that she is, she just walked up to me and she said, hey, how's it going? I'm one of the speakers as well. And we just chatted for a little while. And within a very short period of time, ironically, we found out that we literally live blocks away from each other in Toronto. And um, we became fast friends and have had coffees together and, and chatted with each other about uh, entrepreneurism, family, about um, you know being a writer, being um, an author, being a speaker, and all the great things that it is that Laura does. So what I want to do today is I want to just dive right into getting the audience understanding who it is that you are, and then I'm going to pepper you with a bunch of questions as usual. So when you describe yourself and the work that you do at Lab Creative, how do you do it when you're kind of giving that elevator pitch to somebody at a networking event or wherever it may be? I usually start by saying that I create brand chemistry. I create chemistry with my clients and I help them create chemistry with their clients, right? I'm all about creating chain reaction, a ripple effect, um, because we love what we do and we want our clients to feel as connected and aligned with their business and the brand and how they reflect that so that they ultimately attract and magnetize the right kinds of people to them, which will bring them more happiness and fulfillment and prosperity in their business. I find when people are really aligned and their brand fits them really well, they feel so much more confident and they ultimately end up attracting the right people. And that's what I really love. It's really about creating chemistry and we do that through words and visuals. And is it a case where when people come to you, what are they most frustrated with? Is it one of those situations where they're saying, you know, I'm, I don't get it. I've got this really great product. I've got this really great service. And I keep, you know, having people tell me that when they do use this service or, or, or try my product, they tell me how great it is. And yet, why do I not have more customers? Why do I not have more clients? Is, is that what they're saying? That's very common. I would say one of the biggest things people come to me with saying is, 
you know, I'm not getting the right clients and I don't know why people think I'm way cheaper than I am. I, I don't understand why they think that, you know, I'm a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm attracting people who actually think we do something totally different than what we offer. Right. And, or they're just not getting enough. And that's a lot of that comes down to visibility. So two of the biggest mistakes I see businesses making is that they're inconsistent in their visuals in terms of the image they're putting out there from one platform, you know, social media, website, how they present themselves in person, there's a disconnect. You can't necessarily see the correlation between them. So they're not presenting a cohesive image and then they're just not visible or they're not consistent. So, you know, nobody knows they exist because they're afraid to put themselves out there. You know, it's interesting that you're saying this because I know that I have struggled with this in the past and I, and I feel like I'm getting better at it, yet I still know that there's so much further that I have to go. But you really hit the nail on the head where it's that consistency in all different platforms where people, no matter where they're viewing you, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on your website, whether it's uh, on, during a, a podcast like this, they need to... Uh, across the board, everyone needs to see you the same way um, that everyone else does. And and I've I've gone through that exact scenario where you talk about um, people out there not knowing what it is that you do or not knowing how much you would be expected to pay for, for something that you do. And I, I've had people, I mean, I've been a professional speaker for, for many, many years now and, and have, as I would say, strong credentials in that in that field. And yet I will have still to this day, once in a while, somebody emailing and saying, hey, you know, we've heard great things about Stuart. We'd love to have him speak at our event. Um, and our budget is $250. <laughs> you know? And you're like, sorry, <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? And, and now I don't want to sound um, elitist when I say that, but with that, that as you and I both know, is, is nowhere uh, remotely close to the speaking fee for, for many people. And, yeah. and so I find myself thinking, Jesus Christ, what the hell do I have to do to get people to take me seriously? I mean, do they not read my bio? Do they not go through my website? And I'm sure on some level, it's it's my own doing. Well, uh, people don't read. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true. The short answer is they're not necessarily reading your bio. They might, mm -hmm. but you're, you might still get that odd one that's like, really lowballs you and thinks that you're way cheaper than you are. I think that happens to everybody. And they're the tire kickers. They're not your client. You know, I get way less of those today. I think partially because I'm just really clear on who we serve mm -hmm. and our process. So more often than not, I'll actually turn people down before they ask for a, a proposal because they're like, well, I just need a logo. Right. Well, there's, that's not what we do. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff that we have to do or you have to do with us before we do that. Um, and now sometimes I get people saying, well, I probably can't afford you. Sure. <laughs> so I'm like, well, there's, there's, so there's a fine line. You've got to find that I want to be accessible to entrepreneurs. I've built my entire business to serve right. entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, businesses that are, you know, five to 10 people max where they don't have huge budgets. Mm -hmm. So I want it to be accessible, but I also know the value. So it's got to show ultimately I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. It's not about the price point. It's about the experience. Right. And that's what you're selling, especially as a speaker. It's not about 
the cost. It's about the value and the experience people will get out of working with you. Right. I had somebody recently that said, you know, your quote was quite a bit higher than some other quotes, although one was so cheap, I wouldn't have even taken it seriously. Right. So that's another point. If you're too cheap, people won't take you seriously. So there's that fine balance. And she said, I wanted to go with, I decided to go with you because I trust you. You listen to me. I feel like you're in this with me mm-hmm. and I love your process and I love the work you create. So ultimately the end result was the last thing she said in the sentence. Yes. It was about the feeling and the experience of working with us because there's a million companies that do what we do. Sure. So it's got to be more than just the end product. You know, it's funny that you say that. I um, Quite often, as you know, as a speaker, the process in which a person goes through when somebody is trying to hire them as a speaker is one where they'll call and they'll say, hey, look, at you know what? We've got a conference coming up. We need a speaker that talks on your topic. Uh, we want to know how much do you cost and are you available for that date? And I'm always happy to get that information to the person. But the big thing I try to do is just to engage them in a conversation. Because I know that there is uh, many, there are many people who do what I do. And I know that they may go with somebody else because maybe they want a female. Maybe they want somebody who's older. Maybe they want someone who's younger. Who knows? And so for me, I feel is if we're going to have a moment together here, myself and the client, let's at least have a conversation so that at the worst case scenario for me is that I've at least had a great conversation with you. But what I've found is, is that by me taking the time to ask them about their life and, you know, their kids and their family and things they're looking forward to in the future, whatever it might be, before I know it, we've had a really interesting conversation for that's lasted 15, 20 minutes. And then I say, okay, listen, I know you had some questions for me. What are they? And in taking that time to develop that rapport, the experience I'm creating for them is making them realize that I'm not just a guy who's going to get up on stage and be funny and entertaining and share some new ideas that will hopefully help your audience become more successful. They really do get that feeling like you care. You cared enough to ask me about my life and you cared enough to show interest. And for that reason, uh, I'm going to go with you even though you are more expensive than some of the other speakers. And and that's interesting that, that you do that. So how do you show that you care? Like, what do you have a strategy or is it that you just, you care so much you don't even know you're doing it? I, I think it's the latter. Right. Um, I, you know, I won't send a proposal unless I've had a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, our, my business is built on referrals and speaking. So right. they've had, you know, and sometimes something will come out of the blue and they found me organically, which, you know, is not always the easiest thing to do in this world where there's so many other businesses, but, or they've seen me on social media or or some aspect like that. So it's a referral. So somebody knows me, they've, there's already like that warm intro or they've seen me speak and they feel like I get them and I know them because we've, how, whatever I've said has resonated with them. Mm -hmm. But I always get them on the phone or on a video call because to me, it's just about asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. And I ask them about, you know, where do you want to go with this business? What is your dream for this? Like, what would you like to do more of? And, and so I, I'm, I'm not just talking about branding. I'm, I'm trying to understand them. And I think that's just an innate thing about me. I, I do care deeply. And, you know, my mission is to create a world filled with entrepreneurs that are happy and fulfilled and prosperous. Right. Right. It's, it's because I believe that I have the power to give them the power 
to help others and then they can help others. And then they, you know, it's, it goes back to that, that chain reaction, that ripple effect and the, and having a positive impact. So I just like, I want to work with people that I love and they love us and I want them to have goosebumps and tears in their eyes when they see the work we create for them, which we get. I want them to just, I want them, I want to feel like I'm working with people that I would have dinner with or we would actually socialize if we weren't, you know, or sometimes we do. It's about relationships. I don't want to just work with anybody. Yeah, it's not just somebody coming along and saying, "Hey, I'll give you fifty thousand dollars and make me look pretty on the internet," and yeah. and they're selling something that you can't be inspired by, and you don't feel like they're inspired by what they're doing, and um, it's hard to get behind that. So, so when you have these phone calls, these preliminary calls with people, or, or maybe some FaceTime, what do you do? You find yourself having a conversation with them, and by the end of the conversation, having that entrepreneur saying, "Oh my God, I really thought." I knew what I wanted to do. I thought I knew what the end game was here. But now that I've spoken to you, it's really interesting. Like I used to think I wanted to make $20 million, but actually that's not what's interesting to me. I don't, I don't know if it goes that deep, but I think by the end of it, they're starting to ask themselves the right questions. Mm. And through my program, Brandcamp, which is my methodology, which is what my book, Brand Chemistry, that you mentioned is based on. It's the methodology I've developed to help entrepreneurs do the deep work, do the, you know, um, on the back of my book, it says, think first, design later. Right. So even though I'm a designer first, that's my training. I've been a designer for over 20 years. You have to do the deep thinking work and get the clarity. So I've at least given them some some spark to go, oh, I never thought of that. That's, that's something that comes up frequently in those calls is, oh, I never thought about that or I never thought about it that way mm-hmm. or that's an interesting perspective. I get a lot of people saying, nobody ever told me that before. Right. Okay. And I'm like, why is that? So I just... I'm not harsh. I'm not mean t- with people. I'm just real. And I'll, I'll tell them if I think their brand is really terrible mm-hmm. in as gentle a way as I can. But they also know that if I feel like, hey, I think you're actually on the right track, that I'm not trying to just sell them. Right. I will, I've actually talked people out of working with us because I think that they're, that's, not, that's not what they need right now, that there's something else that they need right. that's more important. Sure. Yeah, I've done the same thing with clients in the past, right? I've literally, there's a lot of money on the table, and I've said, I'm not the speaker for you. You want, mm-hmm. you, and, and because what you'll find is, is that for me anyway, they start trying to turn me into the thing that they think they need. And right. and once that starts happening, I say, you know, you need to find the thing that you think you need and not try and turn somebody into it. And and in many cases, they, they want me to come in and solve a big problem really quickly. And I would imagine that's something that you must go through quite a bit where they'll say, I'm just so frustrated with our sales. We're not hitting the targets we want to hit. Uh, and I want you to work with us for a month and we'll give you a certain amount of money and we want you to turn the whole thing around. And if they don't do that, um, that inner work, as you say, you'll never get there. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just a Band-Aid approach, right? Mm-hmm. A new logo isn't going to fix your problem if you have a, uh, a culture problem in your organization or if you're projecting something that isn't aligned at all with who you are and and what you stand for as a business. So, and it's not immediate. There's no quick fixes. Yeah. 
That's it. I can't tell you how much I've had to, if there's any lesson I've had to learn in life, it's just understanding that greatness does take time. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I hate it. I don't want that to be true. It's, it's, I have, you know, whether it's, if you want to make a lot of money for the most part, unless you're going to win the lottery or unless you come be, you become a, a professional athlete or something like that, it takes time. Even, I mean, professional athlete, that's a silly example because those people have been working on their skill probably since the age of four or five. And, and so, um, if you're going to make that change with your brand, it's going to take time. So back to some of the mistakes you were talking about people making. You were saying how in many cases they're not being consistent. What are some other common mistakes that you see organizations and companies doing, um, making when they are, when they're, with respect to the image and the brand that they're putting out there? Yeah, so um, physical appearance, which might sound controversial, right? but it's not about how thin or how fit you are or how attractive you are. It's about how well put together you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I write about this in my book, actually, and I'll share a story uh, that that kind of illustrates this. So years ago, I was at a wedding trade show. I was planning my wedding, met a wedding planner at her booth, and very quickly thought, wow, I would never hire this person to plan my wedding. Okay. And I'm thinking why did I just think that? And I realized it's because she wasn't well put together. She was kind of frumpy the way she was dressed. Her Mm -hmm. hair was ratty. Mm -hmm. Her nail polish was chipped. And I thought, if you can't pull yourself well enough together to represent yourself at a trade show, why would I think you could plan and execute my wedding? Bingo. So I made a snap judgment, right? You have seven seconds or less for somebody to form an opinion of you. Mm -hmm. That's good or bad. So you have to show up as your best authentic self. Yeah. Right. There's no, you know, and there's, you know, somebody posted, you know, how much share is, can you overshare on social media? And, and I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't think you need to be fake, but you need to be your best authentic self because if you're too much of a mess or too vulnerable or, you know, people aren't going to take you seriously That's as right. a business, a business person. So, you, you know, if your headshot needs to look like you, I went to an event recently and the, the speaker was, um, you know, at the front of the room, she played a video and somebody said, is that you? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, because she, it didn't look like her really because she showed up with kind of ratty hair and no makeup Yep. And in this video, she's all well put together. You know, I've had people stop me on the street because we're a part of a Facebook group for, you know, entrepreneurs. And she recognized me from my headshot on Facebook. Right. Yeah. And that's maybe is a bit creepy. (laughs) Well, but you know what? You're right. And I always I mean, I've always loved that um, quote where they say, show me who somebody is in a moment and I'll show you who that person is all the time. And I feel like it's so true. And I'm always amazed at how many entrepreneurs miss this. As an example, yesterday, I um, walked into a restaurant in my neighborhood to give it a try. It's a new little restaurant. It's, It's a Venezuelan restaurant. And the second we opened the door, I went there with my partner. Second we opened the door, uh, the Venezuelan music was cranked as loud as it could possibly be. <laughs> the reason it was was because there was nobody in the restaurant. It's a very small restaurant, only maybe seats 15 people. So the the people who own it, they're cranking it up because their their perspective is there's nobody here. We'll just turn it we'll just turn it down when somebody comes in. And what a mistake to make because your very first impression 
is that, as you say, the seven seconds it took us to get to the front, and we're kind of yelling across the counter asking for menus, and the person finally turns around to the speaker, and she turned it down. And I'm like, you've already lost us before we even sit down. And then from there, you start seeing other things. The restaurant was cold, and the food took a long time, and, uh, you know, you name it. uh, Everything, all the easy things that you could change in a second, you missed it. Even even yeah. the very fact that the Venezuelan music station they were playing was obviously a satellite station that had commercials. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Like, it's the year 2019. You're telling me you can't download three hours of Venezuelan music and just put it on repeat on your iPad. It's, yeah. it's not hard. You, there's no way that anyone sitting in your restaurant should be listening to, to commercials. And you're right. People, people they, they miss it. So I like that you said that. And I like that, you, that you're not afraid to say what you just said. Because some people can go, oh, wow, so you're telling me that I have to wear makeup or i got to wear a nice outfit or I have to have my hair done all the time. And I think the answer is, uh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you got to look good. <laughs> There's a reason. There is a reason because people will judge you whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've all done it. We'd all be lying if you're all sitting there going, uh-uh, not me like this. Yeah. You know, we do it and some it's our subconscious too. We don't always even realize we're doing it. Um, so the next time you make a snap judgment in your head and, and think something about somebody or a product or a service or a company, ask yourself what made you think that. Right. I think that would be really powerful. Another thing that I find going back to the the mistakes is people focus on what they do, not the what's in it for their customers. Interesting. So part of my process is you've got to have a very clear list of your features, like the what you do, Mm. right? So people actually know what you do, but so does every other company in your space. They all offer in and around the same feature, that product service, right? Most of the people we work with are service-based businesses. So you know, they're like, well, we all offer the same thing. Well, you know, you've got to find that thing that makes you different. But what you, what most people are not focusing on are the benefits. And if people were to just switch their language and part of my process is actually retraining people to make it not about them and all about their customer. Mm. So it's, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about what their challenges are and what they value and why they should you know, what you offer them, what's the benefit to them. And as soon as it's, it's actually one of the hardest things for people to do is they keep going back to it being about them. Yes. But it's not about you. You know, I see people making this mistake even on an individual basis. Uh, a good example of that is the dating world where mm-hmm. an individual, their goal is in this case to find a partner that they could uh, have a life with, maybe procreate with, maybe share a home and finances with. And yet what they do is is they they lead with themselves. They lead with um, the benefits of them as a person. And so right. during that first date uh, or first couple of dates, they weave uh, – their bio essentially into their conversation by letting that, making sure that person leaves knowing here's how much money I make, here's how successful I am. Here's all the great, here are all the great things I'm doing. Whereas the other person didn't feel any of the potential benefits of what it would be like to be with somebody like you. So maybe you are an individual who's actually a great listener, but you didn't show it during this Mm -hmm. first date. 
And um, if you did, that person would have felt something and would have given them the reason to want to see you again. Um, even the same things during a, during an interview, right? They're, they're, they miss that opportunity to the, the the kind of brand that they bring in is um, is maybe not the brand of who who they are and the benefits the person will receive by hiring them. Um, it's a brand that they think that that person, the other person across the desk who's hiring, wants to see. And that's you know that goes back to personal branding. So even when you're applying for a job, you're interviewing, you're dating, like what is your personal brand? What's your style? How do you, you know, what are your personal benefits? What do you believe in? Mm -hmm. So that if you're looking for a job or a partner that you can find things that align, I'm not going to lie. I'm not an expert in this space. It's been 17 years since I've been on a first date (laughs) and about the same amount of time since I've had a job interview. (laughs) So I can't say I'm, I'm an expert in, in interviewing, or I've, I've, I've hired people, so I've had to interview them. Uh, but not the, yeah, the dating and interviewing world is, is outside of my realm of knowledge. But you know what, though, coming back to what you just said, uh, and, and the appearance that a person uh, portrays of themselves when they um, get when, when, when first given the opportunity in two different categories that crossed my mind while you were speaking, which do parlay into the work that you do is, um, on a first date, I've seen this. I've been in a restaurant and I see two people sit next to me. Oh, nice to meet you. So how long have you been on Match.com? Like, it's pretty obvious they're on a first date. And I'll look over at one of them and I'll think, you got to be kidding me. That was the outfit you chose for your first date. You really thought that was going to be your best first impression, right? That's one area. The other area where I see this, and you must laugh at this all the time, is LinkedIn. I mean, what are oh. people thinking with those profile pictures? It's actually in one of my talks. Um, I have a page of of like the the, the don't do this page. Okay. Um, you know, no selfies, mm-hmm. no uh, photo that looks like it's from your wedding and yeah. your spouse is cut out. Right. Uh, there's one, there's a picture of somebody who has a, a picture of George Clooney instead of his own oh headshot. Oh, my God. It's clearly a George Clooney photo. I'm like, of course he's not George Clooney. Oh, my God. And there's there's boobs and there's, you know, drunk yeah. characters. And you're thinking, uh, you know, people are looking at you. Like, you want to get a job. You want to be hired for anything. P- I mean, I look at my clients. I look at people I'm going to be working with or hiring. Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm, I've... In fact, I know somebody who um, I lost all respect because of what they were sharing on their social media. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. was like, yep, not – I would never recommend you or hire you based on what you post. Yeah. I've done the same thing. In fact, we have a, uh, another home in the city of Toronto, which we rent out. It's a duplex. And each uh, person who applies for um, to be a tenant – I always go on Facebook and see if I can find them, and it almost is so easy usually to find anybody. And you and you look at these pictures of them at parties and uh, the things that they're doing. And I'm a I'm a guy who likes to have a drink. I like to party, but just you can just tell, um, and you can pick up on the way that they conduct themselves. That makes you think, oh my god, I do not want you living in my in one of my houses. Like I do not want you there. Well, I mean, there's party and there's like parte, right? Yeah, like, right, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not sure my intonation was quite as good there, but I think you like, nailed it. You know what I mean? <laughs> awesome. Parte. Yeah, it's like Rihanna. Like college 
party versus, you know, grown up party are very different things, yes. right? Yeah. I know. I, mean, I like know. to party too, but it's very different than, you know, that college frat boy kind of image. Right, right. You know, I had a person who uh, text or uh, connected with me on LinkedIn this week, probably a lovely, lovely gentleman, but his LinkedIn picture is him and uh, I'm guessing his wife. And mm. you just think to yourself, okay, so this is a business site. If yeah. you are applying for a job one day, are you applying with your wife? I mean, are you so you can't you you not have one picture of yourself? It's just you and your wife on vacation. And I just I just well, this is why it is I see so many people um, not getting what they want out of life, and and I I have a hard time feeling overly sorry for them because it's like you can't even get that right. How are you going to get everything else right? And that's what <laughs> that's why we've got you on on, on the show today because we're, we're we are we want to help people get kind of get it right. So talk about Absolutely. some of, you know some of the success. Or, or success stories or, or things that you've done where you've taken a company and you've kind of shown them the light and you've worked with them and they're killing it now because of you guys. What comes to mind? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I've got tons, but I'll, I'll share a couple that have come up quite recently. So two clients who went through uh, my brand camp process last year, one through my online course and another one-on-one -on -one with me. And one of them has doubled their revenue. No way. And hired, I think, two or three more people and moved into a larger space. Cool. But the key to that was that they're in kind of a, you know, a bit of a stale industry, like not a very edgy industry, something that's kind of old school. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to shake it up. They really like they wanted to bring in youthfulness and kind of more of an activism angle. And they wanted something that resonated more deeply with like the owner and the people working inside the business mm. and why they chose to get into their space. Okay. And it, it just aligns with them so deeply as a business and as people that now they're, you know, they launched a podcast, they're doing amazing things with their business and they're able to help more people. Oh, that's and so I great. love that. And then another one, um, you know, they, their revenue grew by 200,000 last year. Wow. And, you know, that was, we only launched the rebrand kind of in the, sometime in the first quarter, I think. And, you know, it just, again, it's about alignment. Mm -hmm. They never, all of these people that I speak to, they've always felt a, a bit of shame, which is kind of funny uh, thinking about it. That's a common, like they're afraid to, they're sh like ashamed to hand over a business card or they're like making excuses about their website. Oh, you know, mm -hmm. sorry, it's not great. You know, and they're, as they're handing over a business card, they're apologizing for it. Right. And I hear that a lot. I mean, maybe because of what I do, people are just generally like, oh crap, what is she going to say? <laughs> right. But when the brand really aligns with the business and the owner, which is why I like working with the really small businesses because I get to help the owner create something that fits their vision. Right. And then it attracts the right people to work for them. So it's not just about attracting the right clients. It's about attracting the right people to be on your team because they have that shared vision. So, you know, they, she grew by 200,000. She launched, um, an online program doing all kinds of growth with the business and felt like that was such a great launching pad because 
now they're not afraid to be visible on social media. Right. Everything they put out there is consistent. They've got brand guidelines so they know these are colors, these are our fonts, this is what we can do, what we can't do. I see them, I follow them on social media and they're they're killing it on social media because they have the right messaging and the right visuals to to bring it all together. That's so great and I love hearing that. You know, it makes me think about something that I have been giving a ridiculous amount of thought to over the last, I would say, month, and, I, and I'm still not fully there, getting there, but is just this understanding of what your why is, mm. right? And yep. and so when you say that uh, the one organization that you worked with wanted to start kind of almost bringing a bit of an activist component to the work that they do, well, that clearly is something that they're passionate about, and and it aligns with what their why is, and probably the why of um, of what it is that that caused many of their employees to want to work for the business in the first place. And if you start, you know, making that kind of part of your focal point and 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 getting that out there, all of a sudden everyone's so jazzed to do the things that make a business successful. Whether that is now uh, getting things out there into social media or whether it's just showing up to work with a, with a better attitude. Um, it's that, I love that when you, when you say that, just having that alignment, it's, it's not good enough just to have a great service. It's about why do you do the service in the first place? Exactly. That's actually part of my process. So, you know, through my course, through my, you know, one-on-one in my book, you know, there's a whole part of that process that's about uncovering that why. And, people have trouble with it. And it's really about asking the right questions. Like, why did you start this thing? Right? Mm -hmm. Why, why out of anything you could have done in your life as a career, did you choose this business to start? And then that's one of the questions I ask. And another, there's a number, but the other key one to me is what's the legacy you want to leave behind? Mm -hmm. It's kind of morbid, but if you were to die tomorrow, what would you want people to say about you or how would you want people to feel about how you impacted them? Right. And if you lead with that in your business, it's everything comes together. If you lead with why, and I know, you know, Simon Sinek yeah. um, really started that movement and it is so powerful because ultimately people who will be drawn to you because of why you do what you do. It's so true. It's funny because for so long, my tagline has been to all the work I do, boycott what you thought. And all of a sudden, it just dawned on me, um, based on a conversation I'd had with a friend, that boycotting what you thought is actually an action that one must take to lead them to something else. Mm -hmm. And the problem was is that boycott what you thought was, was my end game. And, and But I realized that I must have had people who follow my work saying, okay, why? Why should I boycott what I thought? <laughs> and it never dawned yeah. on me until just recently. And so I, I really changed um, – I have been changing my perspective on that and getting myself aligned with why do I want people to boycott what they thought? What is it that I really want for them? And what I've been landing on is this idea of just I'm, – I'm excited about people – knowing that they have permission to break the rules, to not have to conform to the way that the world wants them to be, and to live a life that is aligned with what feels right for them. And if that means making $30,000 a year, $300,000 a year, or $3 million a year, all of them are great as long as it's aligned with what makes you happy. 
Um, and, and if it means being in a relationship or not being in a relationship, if it means being having kids or not having kids, all of it's great, but just get aligned with that. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I realized that, I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. You need to boycott your way of thinking, which is these conditioned perspectives that have been handed down for, for centuries in order to, uh, basically grasp a concept that is who you truly are and then start doing that. And it was just like an epiphany for me when I realized what my why is. And all of a sudden it made me, as you said, with some of your clients, just so somewhat much more excited to start doing podcasts uh, start, start again and to start doing more videos again and more Instagram again because now it's like, oh my God, now I know why I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I love what you said. And I, it's, it's like a core belief of mine that, you know, I believe in surpassing the status quo. Right. I, I believe in designing my life and my business to live the life that I want. That's it. On my terms. But, you know, we all get caught up in those expectations and obligations and, you know, that, and that can kind of, that can be difficult, but ultimately everything I've done in my business, um, my marriage, my lifestyle is around the idea of, you know, well, who says, Right. Mm -hmm. Like, why do we have to do it that way? Yes. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm married. I have two kids. I live in a house. We have a car. Like I've got a lot of the sort of the normal things, mm -hmm. but you know, we have some philosophies that every day is a good China day. Okay. You know, like why wait for that one time a year to bring out the fancy dishes? Right. Why can't every day be a good China day? So I mean, true. we don't, we don't have gold rimmed China because I don't want to hand wash my dishes because <laughs> that would not make me happy. Right. But you know, we have one car and it's a convertible and it's fun and we get joy out of driving it. Mm -hmm. uh, ironically, we couldn't get it out today because of the ice. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. That's Toronto. <laughs> you know, but you know, we find those things that bring us joy and we don't need a lot of them. We just need the right things. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's funny. My partner um, taught me something. Whenever, whenever I used to buy, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a new pair of clothing, uh, whatever, new pair of jeans or a new sweater, whatever, I used to always wait for like the right time to wear it. I would, <laughs> I'd be looking forward to like some party or something. And she, I noticed every time she would buy something new, she would wear it the next day. Sometimes she nice. would wear it that day. She would come home and change and put it on. And I'm like, we're not going anywhere. We're, we're just picking up the kids from daycare and coming home. She's like, I want to wear it. I want to wear it now. And she really woke me up to the importance of, as you say, every day is a good China day. And um, I, I love that perspective. Now, I'm curious, though, with you being a mom and running a business and working with these different companies and having demands and having two children and, 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 and a husband and, and living in Toronto and all that stuff that comes along with life, how, like, how do you design your life so that you are happiest? I mean, do you specifically stop working at a certain time every day? Do you uh, ignore your phone on the weekends? Do you, I don't know, always schedule playtime? Well, how do, how do you make sure that you, you, you are designing the life that's important to you? Well, I believe work, uh, life is a work in progress. So I am by no means perfect at this. It's something I still struggle with, finding the balance. I think 
everybody does. We -hmm. all have a million things we're doing. Um, I start my day. I've been trying to do this more regularly. I start my day meditating, Great. um, which sounds like, you know, everybody's doing that. So I'm, I'm kind of got on the bandwagon. Oh, it's a great place Um, to be. Yeah. Because my mind is busy. I'm constantly, I have a million things going on in my brain at any given time. And, and meditation's really hard for me. Yeah. Like I kind of feel like I suck at it. (laughs) (laughs) It takes time. I'm pretty bad at it myself. Yeah. Because I'll find myself wandering off and then I'm like, Oh, right. Andy was just talking to me, you know, headspace. I'm like, Oh yeah, he just, he just told me to do something and I wasn't paying attention. Right. So I I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to find space for more gratitude. Mm. Um, and I've, I feel like in the universe has been conspiring against me recently because you know, the mindset and limiting beliefs and fear has been a common, it keeps popping up in conversations, speakers, events. It's kind of, been around me and I've realized that there's a lot of things I need to do for myself just to work on some of my own limiting beliefs. Um, and so I'm actually working through that. So I'm, I'm taking the time to work on me because I know that just like if I don't work out and I don't have a good mind, you know, good headspace, then nobody gets the best of me, right? My kids, my husband, my, you know, my clients, uh, I'm not a happy person if I'm not, you know, taking the time for me. And I, I don't often do enough of that or I feel guilty for doing it. Right. So I'm, I'm working on that. That's again, it's that work in progress. Um, you know, my husband is an entrepreneur as well. So we've got like, I'm using air quotes, flexible schedules. (laughs) Um, so when the kids are sick, we will say, okay, who's got meetings? Who can work from home today? So we've at least got that where one of us isn't like, well, I have to go to the office. So you have to be home. We can kind of, it's fluid, mm-hmm. but we have an office out of the house. So in the mornings, the kids go to school, we get them out, we go to our office. One picks them up after school. One usually stays a bit later. One's making dinner, you know, activities. So we, you know, we, we try to find the balance. Um, I don't respond to emails and phone calls in even on the evening, um, and weekends. That's oh, great. like, I might see them, but I'm not answering them. I'm not available. You're being present. Uh, I'm being present. I might be working. I might be proofreading my book or writing a blog post or, you know, strategizing about something with my business, my, you know, with my husband being an entrepreneur, we'll go out for date nights and we'll, we'll end up having like a business strategy <laughs> right. meeting. Um, at least it's a business expense then. Right. Yeah, you're right. So, um, but we also both love, you know, being entrepreneurs and that whole thing. So oh, that's exciting. it's a big, it's a big part of it. And our kids now are like, well, do you think we'll be entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. So we have conversations around what that means. Um, so I, I don't have it all figured out. I guess that's the very short answer to the long answer I just gave you. Well, you know, and it's very honest. That's what I appreciate most of all. And I would imagine my listeners are feeling the same way in that that um, so often it's easy to see somebody who is successful and has what on the surface looks like the perfect life, as people always think uh, is the uh, case. <laughs> but in, in many cases, uh, for all of us, myself included, there is constantly something new that you have to work on. Um, but I do like within all of that, you've at least recognized that there are certain kind of 
uh, hard and fast rules that you have to live by, one of them uh, being limiting the amount of time that you will uh, respond or take phone calls or, or, or take incoming just um, messaging, however you want to call it. And a lot of people don't even have those rules in their lives. And I think that by itself, if people who are listening to this right now would consider just making some hard rules for yourself, um, you will be amazed at how it does free you up to do the things that are important to you and to share time with the people that are most important to you. And and I found that when you make those rules, you really have to stick to them. It almost has to be um, vigilant to the point where you only break the rule in, in, in the case of an emergency. Um, and uh, and otherwise, uh, you'll you'll just be angry with yourself that you didn't. So now listen, yeah. be- before I let you go, I want to ask you though. So obviously in the midst of this crazy life and and <laughs> meditating and working out and taking care of the kids, you did find time to write this book. So tell us, I mean, I know that it is called Brand Chemistry. Um, why did you want to write the book? And how would you, what, what would be your verbal synopsis of it? And how does it help people? So why did I write the book? I could see that the methodology I developed really worked. It gave entrepreneurs clarity and confidence and in some ways helped them fall back in love with their business. Most people, you know, some are newer to being an entrepreneur and they're sort of kind of like scrambling and trying to figure out, oh my God, what am I doing? So it helped them kind of go, oh, okay, I'm on the right path. And for others, they just got they fell back in love with what they're doing and they feel really aligned again, that word word alignment. So I could see that the, the program and the methodology I developed was working and I wanted to write the book so that I could share that with more people. Right. Right. I wanted more people to have access to this. Um, ultimately I believe we all need an outside perspective. So I think that the book is going to be great, but we're all in our own head so much that ultimately people are still going to need that guidance. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I want to create community and I really, as I said, my mission is to help as many entrepreneurs as I can. So by creating the book, I thought that would be a great way for me to reach more people and help more entrepreneurs. And do you feel then that it, your target audience, would it be an entrepreneur or is this a book for anybody in business? Um, who's the book for? I mean, I think anybody in business would get value out of it. Mm-hmm. It's specifically geared towards entrepreneurs or small business owners. So really it's about getting clear so that, you know, you want to be seen, you want to be heard and you want to be successful. And to do that, you have to be clear on who you are, why you do what you do, what's in it for your customers and ultimately why people should hire you over the other guy. Right? So the book is about showing you these it's based on eight elements, um, eight steps that you need to achieve clarity and focus so that you can build a brand that really does allow you to become happier and more aligned and attract the right people. So the subtitle of the book is, is how to attract the right clients and keep them. Oh, I love it. I love it. When's, yeah. when's it coming out? It's, it's an eight day now, isn't it? Um, it comes out in March. So officially, I think March 31st. Okay. And people yeah. are going to be able to get this through all the, the, the typical channels like the Amazons and the, uh, I don't know, yep. iTunes these days and on your website, I'm guessing. 
Yes. So it will be available on amazon.com and .ca. I do have a website, brandchemistrybook.com as well. So I'll be selling it through there as well as labcreative.ca. I'm not sure when this is airing, but I'm actually going to be giving away 10 free copies. So if, uh, if any of your listeners want a chance to win a free copy, they can register at brandchemistrybook.com. I love it. Well, I'm going to make sure that we put it into the uh, description of this show and uh, we'll get all the the links in there as well um, to make sure that people can can contact you. Now, do, do you find that when you want people to contact you, is it best to go to labcreative.ca or is it best to go to this new book website or is it on social media? Uh, labcreative.ca is a great place uh, to find me. You can email me, laura at labcreative.ca. You can follow us. All of our social channels are Lab Creative Inc., which is another important thing to note that your social media handles are just as important as your URL. Just so a little true. side note for listeners. <laughs> I see some pretty bad and inconsistent handles. So yeah. uh, Lab Creative Inc., uh, Instagram is my favorite, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Perfect, perfect. Well, there's a million ways to catch you there, and that's that's uh, that, that's a great way of doing it. And you know what? I, I honestly, I, I want to make sure I read this book because um, I I can't tell you how. I'm back to this word one more time. How aligned it is with some of the things that I've been thinking about lately, and it's it's quite timely that you and I are talking today. And I'm, I'm really glad that we did. I think that the people who are listening um, will have taken away some really great nuggets for themselves, whether they are entrepreneurs, whether they are working in the corporate world, or whether or not they are an individual that is just looking to brand themselves in a way where they attract more of the things that they want, whether it's a partner, whether it's more friendships, uh, whether it's more adventure, to know that how you show up in life is uh, is really going to impact how other people perceive who you really are. So, um, Laura, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. You, uh, I know you care about what you do. It's so clear in the time that I've been around you and to see how your face lights up when you think about how you <laughs> impact other people. So you're, you're an authentic, real deal. So uh, I, I, I wish you nothing but the best with this book. And um, to all of those who want to get in contact with Laura, you've heard the different handles and the different ways you can do it, but I'll make sure it's in the notes as well. So stay in touch with her. Stay in touch with us. We'll have another show of The Stuart Knight Show coming up very, very soon. So until then, take care, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to The Stuart Knight Show. We hope you've enjoyed this powerful conversation. People are fascinating, and so are you. And the right questions will prove it. We'll prove it.